What up, people? It is Friday, November 26th. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion Podcast. Let's talk. Um, It has been about three weeks since the last podcast. Uh, It has definitely been an interesting few weeks for me. Um, And I wanted to wait until after the verdicts of the two trials going on uh, were released so I could talk about that. Uh, but I had a lot of other stuff going on as well. I think I mentioned on the last podcast that I was going to have to move. Well, got more information about that, and it was a pretty stressful uh, time for a little bit. Uh, I currently live in an apartment in a suburb of Dallas, and my lease renewal was up. And come to find out, in order to renew... Uh, my rent was going to increase by about $500 a month. Uh, Even though it's something I can't afford, I'm not going to pay those kind of prices for the same thing. So I decided to look elsewhere, put in my 60-day notice, and uh, I started looking for a place to live. And what, even though I knew it was coming because I ran into a neighbor at the grocery store probably late summer and he told me that his uh, rent was increasing by three to four hundred at that time and I knew my time was coming I just didn't know the exact date but all of that has been worked out at this point Uh, so I'll be moving late January uh, almost February but what I didn't realize is that the demand for rental uh, apartments is huge in the area uh, in just Dallas period uh, I wanted to stay somewhere close within the area I'm in uh, I just like the area uh, but you definitely pay for where you live and I don't necessarily have a problem with that but I think increasing $500 uh, is a bit much so as I went through the process of looking for somewhere to live uh, it was definitely stressful and challenging because most of the places around here are close to capacity or at capacity. And there were probably about seven to ten places I looked at where one or two apartments were available but not at the time that I needed it. Or um, I would see one uh, one day and the next day it's gone. I mean, it's just, it was crazy. So fortunately, I was able to find a spot about 10 minutes away from where I currently live. Uh, that's going to be about 300 more a month than what I'm currently paying. But it is uh, renovated. It's nicer. It's larger. And I think the area is comparable to where I live. So I'm actually looking forward to the change of scenery. Um, different appliances updated appliances garden tub things of that nature but this whole situation uh, just really opened my eyes to several things over the past few weeks that I've kind of been contemplating and one of them is purchasing a home uh, which is something I should have done uh, years ago honestly when I first moved back from Houston I should have looked for a home at that point but I didn't so I'm not going to trip about what I should have did 
uh, but it's definitely giving me a big picture look at what's to come for me and where my focus is going to be for the next year uh, while I'm in this new place and that's trying to purchase but even right now purchasing a home I even looked at townhomes uh, everything is just so expensive right now and it's probably 30 to 40 percent higher now than it was when I first moved back so um, you know there are homes around me two bedroom two bath uh, townhomes that are going for 400000 and that's a lot of money in Dallas or in the area I'm in um, so I'm not willing to pay that but uh, you know that's just what my future plans are I'm trying to get myself in a position to where I can't purchase something and don't have to worry about how much my rent is going to jump whenever the renewal time comes and of course if you've rented before you know at renewal time your rent generally goes up by 40 50 dollars but 500 is ridiculous uh, I love where I live now I love the area and when I talk to the management office we had a long talk and I don't blame them for anything uh, it's just the market right now is booming and they are renovating all of the apartments so even if I did renew here um, I would have to move out of this particular unit so they can renovate it but I'm not gonna move into a comparable unit for $500 when I can get one larger with updated um, appliances and amenities somewhere else for cheaper uh, the place I'm going to they have a very nice pool area a very nice gym that's accessible 24 hours it's probably three times as large as the one I have here so I'm just looking forward to the fresh start uh, so that's something to look forward to at the beginning of the year uh, yesterday was Thanksgiving so hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving uh, mine was very quiet my brother and I went to the movies uh, my parents were out of town and uh, my brother and I went and saw King Richard uh, which was a really good movie we both enjoyed it um, and King Richard is about Venus and Serena Williams father Richard and it's basically how he had the plan for Venus and Serena to become tennis stars before they were even born. And it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It only followed them up to Venus's first pro match when I think she was 14. Uh, but it gave you a different insight into who he was and what he did for them. And the interesting thing was... There was some criticism from, well, I only saw this one tweet where a young lady tweeted that they're really going to make a movie about Venus Cesarina's father when they're the ones that are famous and, and accomplished everything. And she said that she thought that was a misogynistic thing to do. First of all, I think she's out of pocket for that comment. Uh, Venus and Serena executive produced the movie. Um, both of two of their sisters were on set at all times to make sure everything was told accurately. And they wanted to 
honor their father with all of the sacrifices that he made to get them to the point they are at now. Uh, None of this would have happened if it wasn't for him and the plan that he had. And he definitely was not perfect by any means. And surprisingly, this movie showed a lot of his flaws. Uh, I was very surprised at some of the things that uh, came out within the movie. But for somebody to criticize their vision of their father, I think is ridiculous. But this is what social media and um, social media does. It gives people a platform to say whatever they want to say. But I think this chick was definitely out of pocket. I thought it was a good movie. And with uh, the sisters executive producing the movie, obviously it was their vision. Uh, and it was told the way they wanted it to be told. It was their vision. So, you know, these people that criticize, they need to keep their mouth shut and mind the business. I think there's just a lot of jealousy in what they've accomplished. Uh, but anyway, it's a good movie. I would highly recommend it, honestly. Uh, let's talk about the trials that we got verdicts on over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the first was the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial where he was found not guilty on all charges. Really no surprise there, honestly. Uh, looking at the judge, he definitely seemed biased. Uh, in my opinion, I think he was garbage. Uh, some of the stuff he did allow and did not allow. One thing that I thought was interesting was the prosecution wanted to use a video uh, showing Kyle Rittenhouse. I forgot exactly what which video they wanted to show, but the defense argued that if you try to increase the size of the video on the Apple product, I think they were going to use the iPad, that Apple software distorts the picture of the person to make it whatever you want it to be. And the judge ruled that the prosecution had to prove that the Apple software does not change the image on the screen when you try to enhance it. Instead of the defense proving that it does do that, he gave the prosecution the burden of being uh, Apple software techs and prove that it didn't do this uh, distortion of images once you increase the size. I thought that was garbage, but I did not watch a lot of the trial uh, because I already knew what the verdict was going to be. So when it was announced, I was not surprised at all. Um, it's just hard to believe that this person, this 17-year-old, walking around uh, after curfew during a protest with a gun police waved them on through and the hypocrisy is you have people like John Crawford who was killed at a Walmart and he was just walking around with a BB gun at Walmart sales uh, the police came and shot him and killed him and you have Tamir Rice I think he was 13 years old when he was killed sitting at a park by himself playing with the toy gun and the police officer gets out the car within seconds. He shoots and kills a 13-year-old. But you have a 17-year-old white kid walking around with a semi-automatic rifle. And the police think nothing of it, just waves them on through. Um, 
but that's the world we live in at this point. Absolutely, that would never happen to a black kid or a black man with a gun. You know, I've seen multiple occasions where uh, a black person is open carried and he's stopped at gunpoint even though it's legal. You know, and it just doesn't happen to other people a lot of the time. So the Carl Rittenhouse verdict didn't shock me at all. Uh, and now he's, you know, the Republican savior and hero. And uh, he's already done interviews on Fox News with Tucker Carlson. But one thing that was surprising and not surprising was during his interview, he said he was not racist and he supports Black Lives Matter. Well, that took uh, conservative Twitter uh, put their panties in a bunch for real. And when he said that, I mean, they turned on him really quickly. But you have senators talking about they're going to fight over who gets to give him an internship in their office. Um, So they're making him a hero. And, you know, again, I didn't watch the trial closely, so it's hard for me to say whether the verdict was correct or not, but it was the one I expected when they dropped the the unlawful carrying of a firearm charge. I kind of figured that would probably be the one that would stick. And when they dropped that charge, um, I definitely knew he wasn't going to do any time because the other charges could be considered self-defense. But again, acquitted on all charges. Uh, and he basically got away with murder. Uh, the second trial was for the murder of Ahmad Aubrey in Georgia. Fortunately, the jury found all three of them guilty uh, on most counts. Uh, the man that actually shot Ahmad Aubrey was convicted, I think, on nine counts. Uh, another person was convicted, I think, on six. And the other one was maybe five charges. So all of them will do prison time for sure. Uh, but the defense attorney for one of the defendants though I really don't know what the defense was Uh, you know they were grasping their straws trying to put on their defense but in her closing arguments she was talking about his dirty jeans his dirty toenails and you know they always try to paint the victim as the perpetrator or as he brought this stuff on himself and Candace Owens uh, during the trial, she tweeted something about he was not out for a jog. Honestly, whether he was jogging or not, who cares? Does that really make a difference? Because he wasn't doing anything illegal. You know, so I'm tired of the narrative that he wasn't jogging. Okay, maybe he wasn't jogging, but he still didn't deserve to die. He was minding his business, and these three people chased him and murdered him, confronted him for nothing because they saw him go into a house that was under construction where they also seen many white people go into the same house to look around. And a lot of people do that when you have new construction and the house is just a frame. There's no um, appliances or anything like that there to steal. So he wasn't bothering anybody. But all three of them were found guilty. Thank goodness. And they all will do probably the rest of their life in jail 
which is fine. Uh, then there was another trial of this young white man who admitted to assaulting, sexually assaulting four underage girls, and he was given probation. He does have to register as a sex offender, but the fact that he admitted to it, they were all underage, and he only gets probation because the judge said that he didn't think it was fair to sentence him to prison time. So we, this is part of the privilege that we see in the justice system a lot of times. Uh, it's the same for the, I guess they called him the influenza teen, uh, the teenager who was driving drunk here in Texas some years ago and killed some people and he got probation. You know, it's like if you don't charge these people or if you don't uh, give them a harsher sentence, what do they actually learn? A lot of these people don't learn anything and they'll be repeat offenders. And this is similar to what happened on January 6th for me in sentencing. You have to sentence these people to something where they will understand what their actions did and um, show remorse. Because some of these people from January 6th are, they don't have any remorse because they don't think they've done anything wrong. But the, the sentence should fit the crime. And a lot of these sentences don't. And specifically this week, or over the past couple of weeks, there have been multiple black men released from jail because their convictions have been overturned because they were falsely arrested and in prison. And some of these people have spent 30, 40 years in prison over um, crime that they never committed. And they're starting to be released. So this just continues to show that there's bias within the justice system. And in Oklahoma, a couple of weeks ago, a man by the name of Julius Jones was set to be executed. And on the day of his execution, the governor uh, granted him clemency and took him off death row, but he still served life in prison for a crime that he did commit. Um, somebody else has admitted to the crime that he was arrested for and the prosecution the original prosecutors and DAs have um, sent requests to the governor to release Julius Jones because they don't think he did the crime either but yet now he's still in prison for the rest of his life and you have multiple people saying that he's never committed the crime and you have someone else admitting to committing the crime, but he's still in jail. What kind of justice is that? So we still have a long way to go. Um, we still see it with, you know, police officers, they get off a lot. You see the sentences for non-minorities uh, be a lot less than what a minority would get in hell at this point. They even, get to go to trial because sometimes minorities don't even make it to trial because they're automatically killed at the time of the supposed crime. Um, but at least these three men in Georgia who killed Ahmaud Aubrey uh, will probably spend the rest of their life in prison. Um, and then I saw a video a couple of weeks ago where a pastor, and I think it was here in Texas, um, was leading a chant of Let's Go Brandon uh, 
to his congregation. And this is another reason I think churches should be taxed because there should be separation of church and state. And I talked about the Let's Go Brandon chant on the previous podcast. Basically, that means F Joe Biden. And what kind of pastor would lead a chant for his congregation saying F Joe Biden? That's not very Christian-like, but that's what we're seeing from the evangelicals. Um, I'm not sure what Bible they're reading, but it seems a lot different than the one I'm used to and the one I've read. But this is why, exactly why, if you want to bring your politics into the church, I think you need to be taxed. That's just my opinion. And then, um, I saw a video of this black girl, teenage uh, basketball player. She went up for a jump shot and a girl was trying to defend her and accidentally tripped her. It was nothing malicious behind it, but as they got up and ran back down the court, um, you could hear someone saying, you better hit her. And apparently it was the girl's mom. And the black girl just out of nowhere punched this girl in the neck and in the side of the face and gave her a concussion. I think this young lady should be charged with assault and arrested. Uh, it was just, it was totally uncalled for. Um, it was just uncalled for and for the mother to encourage it, the mother should be charged as well. Uh, it, was, it was horrific what she did to this young lady. It, it just was and it was uncalled for. Uh, I think the girl got suspended from school uh, the team got kicked out of the game but there should be more there definitely should be some criminal charges for that and then Aaron Rodgers <laughs> a few weeks ago tested positive for COVID and it became a huge story because we found out or it was revealed that he was not vaccinated and I think during training camp, when he was asked about his vaccination status, his response was he was immunized, um, but apparently not actually vaccinated. He used some alternative substances to immunize himself, I guess. Um, and it became a big story. And then he went on a podcast, the Pat McAfee show, and basically compared himself to Martin Luther King and how people were going to come after him. And honestly, the fact that he lied is the reason people came after him. Uh, there are, uh, the NFL is not 100% vaccinated. And I think there are a couple of Dallas Cowboys who aren't vaccinated and went through the, had the, uh, they're in the COVID protocol now. Uh, I think Amari Cooper started wide receiver for the Cowboys. He's not vaccinated and he tested positive so he's out for a couple of games he's been out the past two games but Aaron Rodgers issue is the fact that he misled and lied if he would have come out and said he's not vaccinated it would have probably been a topic of conversation for a couple of days during training camp and it would have blown over because there are just other protocols that he would have had to take I think you know, constant testing before and after practice, things of that nature. But um, the fact that he lied about it 
him being tried to justify it is crazy. And part of his justification was that he talked to Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan uh, told him about a cartel of multiple things, ivermectin, vitamins, or whatever the case may be. And that's who he consulted about his immunization. And for these anti-vaxxers that take ivermectin, have they researched all of the ingredients in this stuff too? I would say probably not. But anyway, he was fined $15,000 for lying about his um, vaccine status. But then, Cowboys wide receiver C.D. Lamb was fined $20,000 for having an untucked jersey during the game. So, which is more important, an untucked jersey or lying about your vaccine status and possibly putting other people at risk? Doesn't make sense to me. And I think if it was somebody else, they probably would have been fined more. Um, So, I think that's privilege again. And the informer football player Zach Stacy. Uh, he was caught on video beating his girlfriend. Of course you don't know what led up to it, but the way he hit her multiple times, he grabbed her and threw her into their uh, television set and was just throwing her across the room. No excuse for that at all. Um, and he was on the run for a little bit, but I think he either turned himself in, but he was arrested and is currently in jail. But there's just no justification for the way he was hitting her at all. Um, it was brutal in front of their five-month-old child. Um, it, it was bad. And he's going to do some time for sure. And he should. He deservedly so. Um, and then Henry Ruggs, former wide receiver for uh, Las Vegas Raiders, He was doing 150 miles an hour and ran into somebody. He was drunk and he ran into somebody and killed some people. And I just don't get why people put themselves in these situations um, driving that fast, 150 miles an hour, driving drunk. And a couple of innocent people got killed over this hideous mistake. no, there's just too many things going on in life to make these kind of mistakes. Somebody of his stature, you could have called an Uber, left your car where it was or something. But there's just a better decision he could have made and now he's ruined his life and you know, he's ruined a bunch of people's lives with this idiotic decision he made to drive drunk. And to drive 150 miles an hour is unconscionable. And I just, you know, it's people like that I don't necessarily feel bad for. Because it was a choice that he made to do this. I feel bad for the people who died in their families. Um, I think there was a kid in the car as well uh, that was hit and killed. But we have to be better about our choices. And I was having a conversation with somebody earlier in the week um, where I think minorities, black people specifically, we have to kind of take responsibility for a lot of the stuff that goes on within our race as well. Um, 
know, we can blame the police or the justice system on a lot of things that happen because the justice system is not fair for us. But there are things that we can do with our own community, within our own community, to stop us having to even be involved with the justice system. Uh, just look at the rapper Young Dolph. He was shot and killed by young black people a week or so ago. Now, I'm not. I've heard of Young Dolph. Not familiar with his music at all. But he was in Memphis at a a, a popular black-owned bakery getting some baked goods and two dudes ran up on him, shot him and killed him. And for what? You know, probably over some rap beef or something like that. It's just stupid. And I hope these dudes are called or whoever hired them because I'm pretty sure this was not random at all. Um, but I hope everyone involved, you know, gets the jail time that they deserve. And apparently this was a good dude. Um, he did a lot of stuff for the community, but a lot of times when you have that stature and you're famous, you have to take yourself out of that, the environment you came from, because some of the people that are closest to you are jealous of you, and they will take the opportunity to take you out. And the thing I don't understand about that is, you know, you've made your money, you're famous, what does killing you have to do? I mean, the person that did it, there. what are they gaining from that? You're still famous, you're still known, and it's only going Generally what happens is when someone like that gets killed, their music and stuff gets even more popular because people want to see who he was. They want to see what the music was. And I just don't understand the nonsense and the killings and even it seems like lately a lot of high-end clothing stores are being robbed where 30 or 40 people in masks will go into a store uh, at the mall, you know, a ransack the store, steal stuff. I guarantee I know who's doing that. And for what? You know, a couple of pair of jeans? I mean, I, I can't see spending several hundred dollars for a t-shirt. Like, I was looking at something today, somebody posted on social media, a Balenciaga t-shirt was like $600. For what? I mean, what do you get out of wearing expensive clothes like that? I mean, I just, I don't get it personally, but I know who's ransacking these stores. I know who's doing that stuff, and we have to stop that. We just have to. Uh, That's why we have the reputation um, because we do stupid stuff like that and the gun violence and all of that stuff yeah it happens from other sides but we have to stop it from within our own community too because you quick to point the finger elsewhere but we have to take the responsibility as well and I hope the people that are committing these crimes I hope they do the time you know it's we have to be better than that because perception is what it is anyway. And I don't like perpetuating the stereotypes with anybody. Um, so I think we have to start to look within our own uh, race as well and call out nonsense when we see it. Because it's not all everybody else's fault. It's not always 
the white man holding us down or anything like that, even though it does happen. But we have to look at the things we need to change within our own race as well. Uh, this week's verbal middle finger, it goes to Senator Paul Gosar. Uh, Paul Gosar tweeted a anime video of himself killing AOC, a fellow congressman, and the president. As if it's nothing. And that's where the hypocrisy comes in again. Um, you can have somebody in Congress tweet something like that, them murdering a co-worker, and there's no repercussion of that. But if a Democrat says something that they don't like, all hell breaks loose. Oh, let me back up for a minute, too, because I wanted to mention the fact that uh, there's some fake outrage because of two Muppets. And it sounds stupid. It, well, it is stupid from Republicans. First was Big Bird got the vaccine, the COVID vaccine. Oh, those Republican outraged about that. And now they have a Asian Muppet. And that was outraged about that too. Outrage from Republicans about it, there being an Asian Muppet and that Big Bird got the COVID vaccine. That is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. But then it doesn't surprise me because a couple years ago, and it actually may come back up this year, um, there was an argument on Fox News because a mall had a black Santa Claus. And the argument was, kids know that Santa Claus is white. Santa Claus is not black. These are adults having this conversation when Santa Claus is not real at all. So it lets you know what the priority of these people are. Um, it's just another fake outrage to to take the attention off of the things that they aren't doing as far as passing policies. But anyway, Paul Gosar, you get the rebel middle finger because you're an asshole. And then the quote of the week is, if you constantly have to be the bigger person, stop hanging around small people. I think that speaks for itself. I'm going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, until next time, God bless. Peace.